but obviously you don't want to go too crazy because then yeah maybe you blow your budget <laughs> <laughs> yeah well truth is value always beats price this is the mad lemmings podcast episode number 17 Welcome to another episode of the Mad Lemmings Podcast. I'm Ashley Fawkes, your host, and thanks for joining us again today. Today we're going to be talking about online marketing. Again, of course, some great more information for you to absorb and apply to your blog or business. And today's guest I've got on the show, someone who I've known since I began blogging almost, and actually we'd never met before, really. We'd never Skyped, and it was great to catch up with her in sort of semi-real life as we call Skyping these days and it was a fantastic chat because I got to talk to her about things that I'm actually looking to apply to my business. That's often the case with my podcast, like Lisa last week with improving your ethos and your vision of your business so that you really know where you're going. This week's guest, Diana, is on my podcast to talk about freelancing. She's a freelancer herself, although she's certainly expanding beyond that with her startups and uh, other areas that she's getting into, but she has a lot of experience in freelancing and it's something that I want to apply to my business as I get more customers with my website building and other services that I offer. And just a side note, if you need some help with websites, of course, you can give me a, a yell. I'm happy to help out with WordPress, WordPress customizations and so forth. And that's certainly keeping me busy, which is why I need some help with my blog. I don't need to be doing all of the small tasks that I've been spending hours each day doing basic uh, posting, social media, and so forth. Of course, I want to create the content, but I don't need to be doing all of the stuff surrounding that, the stuff where I add absolutely no value, and I can get some other people to help me with those tasks. But how do you hire those people? How do you filter? How do you find the right people? How do you use services like Odesk and Elance? And those are the kind of questions I wanted to ask Diana because she's been doing that for over five years. She knows all the ins and outs, how to find people, how to filter, how to write up the job descriptions and how to make sure you get the most out of your freelancers and give the most back to them so that they're valuable employees in your business. So let's get going. Interview with Diana Marinova. Here we go. Hi, Diana. Thanks for coming on the show today. It's great to talk to you finally. Hi, Ashley. Nice meeting you. And uh, yeah, let's get a quick uh, rundown of your background because you're uh, a freelancer as well, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, maybe we'll just get a quick uh, background of what you've been doing for the last uh, years. Okay. Uh, well, I don't like much talking about myself, so this part would be would be short. <laughs> um, I am born in Bulgaria, and since five years ago, uh, five years ago I became a freelancer, and pretty much since then I've been traveling the world a lot. So that's a dream of mine come true. Um, I'm a freelance marketing consultant, and basically work with clients on their marketing projects, whether it's a uh, piece of content need to be written or they need a website review or they need a marketing plan or just writing some marketing collateral, collateral materials, uh, they can hire me for that. Um, and working online has given me the freedom to travel because that is really what I want to do. And so far it's working great. I moved to Spain a few months ago and I am talking to you today from there, from southern Spain. Yeah, that's uh, 
That's a really cool thing. I remember because we've been in contact since almost the beginning of when I was online and you uh, were in, I think you were still in Sofia at the time, right, in Bulgaria. So, yep. And then all of a sudden you were like, oh, I'm going to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the beauty of freelancing. You just pick up your stuff and, and go wherever you want. Yeah, and that's one of the cool things that I guess we'll touch on today as well as as the freelancer, and that's kind of what I do a little bit as well. I mean, more in web design, but I could also do that from anywhere uh, in the world, and that's the beauty of online stuff, and freelancing is part of that. You can get your work via the internet, you can give your work back via the internet, and you can be anywhere where there's a decent internet connection, right? And uh, now you're yeah, in, in Spain. Thanks to Skype. Thanks to Skype, you can even talk to your clients or freelancers if you're a client. You can even talk to them in real time if, if you need to discuss something in real time. So it's sky's the limit indeed. Whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want it. Yeah, yeah. I was actually just talking to a guy yesterday, a new client I got for a website, and he is not used to this and he was uh, figuring out a way to connect to me and downloading applications and trying to trying to figure out how he could talk to me. I'm just like, download Skype, man. It's easy. And he went with some other thing. I can't remember what it was and I had to download a new client. And uh, But in the end, we got connected and we got uh, screen sharing and everything. It only took a few minutes. And he was really happy. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm working with somebody in Switzerland. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the way of the world these days. And, uh, yeah, it makes your life an amazing thing. And, uh, yeah, what I wanted to do today was, was talk to you because this is something you have uh, a lot of experience in and something that I'm growing into on the opposite side of the fence, which is I would like to hire some people in the future. And we were just discussing this before we started recording. I'm not exactly sure who or how I need to do this, but uh, one of the options I have is to hire a freelancer, which is which is what you do. So I guess the first question we can help people answer is if they want to hire somebody and if they want to go down this path of even having someone just for a task or for so many hours a week or whatever, what kind of things or how would you go about making the distinction of hiring a freelancer, which is the kind of work that you offer? When would you hire a freelancer and when would you be looking for someone more permanent or an assistant? Right. This is a very important question. Actually, not many clients ask themselves that question before they start looking for a freelancer. Um, of course, it very much depends on uh, what type of work you need help with. But uh, in my experience, I have seen... Um, the best relationships between client and freelancer came out of, uh, for instance, if you need help with your uh, daily activities like uh, uploading blog posts or maybe uh, sorting out your email or um, going through your reader and uh, finding blog posts which you want to read today or which can wait until your free time on the weekend, for instance, that is something which uh, can be easily outsourced to a virtual assistant. There, This is a very popular um, profession uh, today uh, among freelancers because it, it, yeah, of course it requires um, special skills, but not special in terms of programming skills or marketing skills, but just to be organized, to be good with, with time management. Maybe that's why virtual assistance um, is so much on the rise. Uh, that is maybe the most searched, uh, the most looked for profession today after writers. 
<laughs> riders will be always on the top, I think. Um, so apart from virtual assistants, which is almost always better outsourced rather than uh, having someone in-house, uh, other than that, I think the main distinction you need to do is whether you need someone for um, long-term or short-term, whether you have a quick job or you have uh, a large-scale project which is better uh, handled in-house. You need to decide how much control you want to have over the uh, daily activities which are um, con concerning uh, the work, how much control you want to have over the daily activities. Because if you want daily reports or you want uh, to have uh, to pre-approve everything, every step of the way, maybe it's better than to hire an employee. Because as a freelancer, uh, if you hire a good freelancer, a freelancer who is uh, a freelancer, not because he doesn't have anything else to do, but because he has uh, made a choice to be a freelancer, chances are that freelancer will not like uh, to be micromanaged. So if you want to have 100% control over everything, go with an employee, don't go with a freelancer. Mm -hmm. um, rather than that, I think that everything can be um, outsourced to a freelancer. Even, for instance, um, in, in my, from my experience, I have been hired for uh, small jobs like writing a press release, uh, but I have also been uh, hired to manage a marketing team of 10 people. Okay. So, yeah, that was uh, one project which was very interesting because the whole company was um, totally virtual. There, were, there was only two people were from the same country, from the same yeah, country, but they didn't have an office and we were like, I don't know, maybe 30 people, 40 people all over the world. Wow. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it's the definition of a virtual company, if you ask me. Wow, that's so, crazy. <laughs> yeah, so bottom line is everything can be outsourced and um, every task can be outsourced to a, a freelancer. Of course, is manufacturer obviously cannot, but I mean, everything that is done on online and uh, via computer, it can be outsourced, but uh, it, it very much depends on who you as a client are and what you as a client want, so you're what type of person you are. So you really need to be able to give up control in a way. I mean, not completely, but you can't go to someone's desk and say, how's it going? Any questions? I mean, you don't have that access. So you need to be able to still control it, but at a distance, a distance in terms of time and a distance in terms of actual distance as well, right? I mean, you can no longer... Yes, so, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't call it give up control. I I would call it more uh, trust your freelancers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you work with some, there are clients who demand constant uh, presence in Skype so that they can pop up at any time and say, hey, Ashley, what you're doing? How is the design going? Well, when will I have the first draft or whatever? There are such clients, but those in my book are bad clients. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there are people who agree to work like that, but usually those are people who do not handle work well. They cannot uh, take responsibility. Uh, they cannot make decisions for themselves. So, again, it very much depends on what type of work you have and what type of uh, person you are. Because, for instance, if you... Um, with this podcast, you need transcribers, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
for this type of work, a transcription, uh, you don't need much decision making or anything. So you can hire a transcriber based on solely how much it will cost per audio minute and how much time it will take. I mean, whether in one hour audio, if they will transcribe it for one day or it will take them one week. So yeah. obviously here the choice will be very easy because a transcription is transcription. As long as it's accurate, there's not much that can go wrong. You don't need to check up on your freelancer because they will transcribe it or not. <laughs> and you yeah, will find yeah. out soon enough. Yeah, yeah. it's black and white. <laughs> yes. But if you, for instance, are looking for someone who will transcribe your post, but uh, transcribe your audio, but then uh, they will get the essence of that audio and uh, create a summary uh, touching upon the main points that were made in that audio, then you are no longer looking for a simple for a simple transcription. Yeah, you will care more about the level of English of that person, how well he write or she writes, uh, how quickly they can. Uh, what's the turnaround time? Not only for the transcription, but also the the uh, blog post that they will write. Yeah. And if you throw into the mix also, uh, let's say, formatting and choosing uh, contextual images, there are other skills that that person needs to have, not only writing, but good researching, um, to know where to look for what images, how to credit the work. So my point is that adding simple things to the scope of activities uh, that you will uh, need a freelancer for, then the, the requirements for that person change. Yeah. And the type of people you look for change. So the the approach when you look for those people will change as well. So, okay, let's take that example. I mean, that's more or less the kind of thing that I, I'm starting to look for. And it's probably something similar to what many people listening to this might have. I have a blog post or even my podcast and not many people have a podcast. So maybe I'll keep away from that for the minute. But let's just say... The blog post, I want someone to do my images and I'm very careful with my images. So I'm not sure if I'm going to give that up yet. But um, So you really need to break down. I mean, when you start looking for someone, you need to really make sure what you can give them is reasonably packageable. Is that how you would normally approach it? I mean, how do people come to you with these kind of tasks? What's the best sort of practice for describing a task for a freelancer? Mm -hmm. Well, um, hmm. Let me see, because people don't usually come to me with this type of tasks, but I have been looking for people uh, for this type of tasks. Okay, so <laughs> what would you say is a good way of, yeah, of getting the information to the freelancer? Um, there are two ways you can approach this matter. Uh, one is what most people do, and one is more not so popular, but if you ask me that, the better, especially in your case. Um, the more conventional one is uh, you just um, think of all the requirements that you have. I mean, as silly as it sounds, just take a sheet of paper and write down everything that you will need that person to do. That is find images. Um, if you need that person to also uh, do something with the images, like add text or maybe uh, edit them in Photoshop or some other program, that is something which not many can do. So this is a, a filtering mechanism that you put in place right there. Yeah. So you need to break uh, every skill down and every program down that you're going to be touching in the, the task that you're going to do so that you know you get the right people. 
Exactly. Yes, you need to include everything that you need to be done uh, so that you for yourself figure out what you need. Yeah. And then you can go and uh, post that as a job post and look for someone to hire who is um, who possesses every single skill that you need. Or you can go ahead and find someone who has not done many of the things or has not done anything. Maybe he, he or she is just starting as a virtual assistant, for instance, and train them from A to Z. Which way you will go very much depends on um, whether you have a process you like to be followed or you are fine uh, with that person doing the work as they like as long as the end result is what you want so if you have a process which need to be followed for instance you first you like your blog post to be saved in wordpress then you review them once you review them and approve that everything is good then that person can go ahead and uh find the pictures following your requirements once they find the pictures you approve them again and only then they start adding text etc etc if this is the way Maybe it's better to find someone to train them uh, to do stuff like you do, okay. like yeah. you like. Yeah. But if all you care about is, okay, here is the blog post. Tell me when it's uploaded to uh, WordPress with the proper images, with proper credit, so that I can have a look for like uh, two minutes and then hit the publish button. Then it doesn't matter. Well, of course it matters who it is. But what <laughs> Not I mean, as much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you don't need to train them. They, you. The more important thing for you is that you spend as less as little time as possible on this. They need to be able to do this on their own. Yeah. yeah. So, if you were to look for someone who, that must also be quite difficult. If I'm, I've heard this from a guy in Australia whose podcast I listen to, and he says that he prefers to train his people. Um, it's also more likely they'll stay on for longer as well because they've gained a skill from him rather than they already had the skill and then they get bored and then they leave or or sure. whatever. But, um, I mean, how would you go about finding someone and know they have the potential to to learn this from a distance? That's quite – I would imagine that's quite difficult. Yeah. Well, yes, it can be challenging, especially in the beginning. If you're not used to working this way, uh, it's easier to not to get fooled, but um, to to believe someone is something which he or she isn't. Uh, but even then, in the beginning, there are certain precautions you can take. Uh, so for starters, if you're just starting and you do not, don't have experience working with freelancer, you can, or freelancers, you can always turn to websites like Odesk or Elance, where those are basically uh, big freelance job boards. There are a lot of clients who need various services, and there are uh, even more freelancers with certain skills who are bidding on, on job posts uh, published by clients. So, yeah, it's a bidding site. Uh, I believe that you are familiar with those. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Should I should I summarize for the audience? I don't know whoever is listening to this. Those are basically a client goes publishes a blog post the way that we just uh, discussed. Um, you publish what you need, who you need, why you need them, when you need them. Um, I will get into a minute into the details how it is better to uh, publish a job post to attract suitable candidates uh, but the the idea behind Odisk and Elance and 
there are many more, but I have used these two, so that's why I will talk about them. Sure. Uh, clients, clients uh, publish their job posts, and there are uh, freelancers who uh, send them cover letters, basically apply to that job, and then the client has the freedom to choose one or more uh, of the freelancers who applied, and uh, after, let's call it an interview. After a few messages or even a Skype call, if they want, they can talk to, to various freelancers and decide, okay, I will hire you or I will hire two of, of the applicants. Yeah. That's the process. Yeah. But if you have don't have experience working with freelancers, um, you should very carefully cry, uh, craft the freelance job post because that is the first step when you... Um, protect yourself from spammers or crappy freelancers because <laughs> yeah it's sad but truth is there there is a lot of spam on those websites and yeah. you can fall victim and waste awfully a lot of time um, filtering through crappy freelancers yeah. so the first thing you should do is properly choose the title of your blog post because that will save you and the quality freelancers uh, some time uh, for instance, in your case, let's continue the example with the person who you need to transcribe your blog post and insert images in, in the blog post into WordPress. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you look for that person on Odesk or Elance. Um, if you title your job post uh, transcriber needed, you will get applications from transcribers. If you... Uh, Title your blog, po uh, your job post. I'm sorry. Uh, for instance, uh, help needed with WordPress blog. This is totally vague. I mean, are you looking for a WordPress programmer, or are you looking for uh, someone to write a blog post on a regular basis, or what are you looking for? I mean, blog with WordPress blog, uh, help with WordPress blog needed is awfully vague. So, be sure when you post your job post. To, to make the title as clear as possible. So that, because if the person who you are looking for and you want to work with them, they will most probably not apply to a job with a vague title, simply because they value their time too much and they will not waste their time into asking additional questions only to figure out whether your project is or isn't good for them. Yeah, okay. So what's, do you make a really long title then describing it or...? Well, not really, really. Uh, <laughs> not sentences. Long, of course, yeah, not sentences. Uh, but it should be clear enough and it's better to be longer but clear instead of vague and not giving enough information. For instance, um, in, again, thinking on, a, on the fly here, but in, your, in this case, in this particular example, it would be, Mm, what well, let's say um, needed transcriber uh, no needed a, a virtual assistant for transcribing and um, publishing blog posts in WordPress for instance yeah yeah so this would be you will the person will know that transcribing is uh, needed transcribing skills but also uh, basic knowledge of WordPress in order to publish the blog posts. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're interested, if they have both those things, they will check out the blog, uh, the job post, and then they will know all other things like uh, image editing in Photoshop if needed, or this research for 
suitable images that that will be um, explained into the job post okay so already in the title i mean it's like many things we do in a in a blog post when you publish it and put it on social media if it's not enticing people won't click on it and and in your case of elance or odesk it's the same thing people are quickly looking for new work and if they don't see things which catch their attention then they're not going to open them up right Exactly. Yeah. The the competition among freelancers is awful. I mean, awfully big, a, a lot of competition, but so is between clients. And uh, the the good freelancers, the quality workers, the people who know uh, what their time is worth, what, what who have the skills and uh, sell them for a top dollar, they know that they can choose their clients. So the way that I am um, explaining now how you as a client can filter freelancers, the way, the same way freelancers can filter their clients. Based on the job post, they can decide whether they should apply or avoid a certain client. Yeah, okay. So the next part of the job post would then be a description of... You've also got a section at the bottom. You've got description and then skills you can choose, I think, from what I've seen. Is is that the best place to write what you need in terms of skills or is that best described in the description? How do you split that up normally? I would say best described in a, both because, for instance, Odesk recently changed their um, interface. Um, here, I don't want to mislead you because I have not applied for a new job for a very long time, but um, they have uh, recently, I was looking for a transcriber on Odesk. So I know that the now all the skills that you can insert are preset. I mean, you cannot just go on Odesk and write uh, good English. You need to, uh, when you start typing, there is a drop-down menu and you need to choose a certain skill from the preset skills uh, which Odesk um, have set. So, so yeah, it's best if you describe uh, what you need into the job post. And... um, you you should give as much details as you as you can. Like, uh, how long do you expect the project to be? I mean, are you looking for someone for the next month, or are you planning to use the services of this person for years to come? For yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how long would it be? How what's the estimated workload? Uh, what's your budget? Because that that is important as well. Um, of course, you cannot say, okay, I will give uh, X dollars and I, you will stick to that uh, number. Uh, that is an estimation and freelancers know it. But for instance, if you're looking uh, for a writer and you have uh, $20, you can give $20 for a uh, blog post. Uh, obviously, writers who are charging 50 or more would not apply because they will see that you don't have the budget for their services. So having said that, it's important to set a realistic budget. Um, If you don't, you risk either attracting uh, the wrong crowd, I mean freelancers who will not deliver the quality you need, or freelancers whom you cannot afford. (laughs) Either way, yes. (laughs) Either way, um, that is one risk if you do not... um, set the budget right and the second thing is uh if you risk to not have many uh suitable candidates because if you have set the if you have underestimated the budget um then people because you don't know better i mean it it may not be a matter of budget but 
you simply don't know better because this is the first time you do this. Um, so people may not apply to your job because they will think you're a cheap client, for instance, while in reality you, you, don't, you lack the experience and you don't know that um, this work costs more. You have just seen so many other clients price this type of project in this price range. Mm -hmm. So in, in, in those cases, it's best if you find someone um, like a friend of yours or uh, somebody who has been on the other side of the fence. Like, for instance, if, if you're looking for help with marketing, you can come, but you don't know how, how much something costs. You can always come to me and say, hey, Diana, uh, I'm looking for a freelancer, but I don't know how much it will cost. Can you help me figuring out the budget for this? How much money do I need to, to give that person? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's best if you uh, seek such kind of help in order to set the budget right for your project. This will ensure attracting the right crowd. Because it's funny, but I have noticed when um, a long time ago when I have been looking for uh, link building techniques were uh, hot some, at some point. I mean, a lot of people are doing it. And I have been looking for clients projects I have been hiring link builders so uh, but I have never been into that black hat uh, link building ever but there are, were a lot of people who were doing it and they were doing it like for one dollar per hour or two dollars per hour really cheap rates uh, but I was looking for people who have some kind of a marketing background that I will not just um, build links, but they will m focus more on uh, building relationships and networking with the uh, people they will uh, comment on their websites. So when I put the minimum rate that I require for, let's say, $10 per hour or, or I don't know, some higher number than $2 per hour, those spam contractors who were doing black handling building, they never applied. Yeah. So this is another way to filter the candidates that you will get. Okay, so it's uh, it's also probably a little bit of experimentation and experience, but if you can find someone to help you who's done it before or find some some posts maybe of people who've done it before, like your website is giving a lot of advice on the uh, marketing side of things, then that obviously helps because it seems like yeah, from my side, I mean, it's a sort of a <laughs> Pandora's box. I'll be typing something and putting it out there, and and then I'm going to get this this crazy amount of responses. So, being having a good headline, having a detailed description, choosing the right skills, trying to be realistic with your budget, because let's face it, if you go too cheap just to be cheap, it's obviously stupid. Um, yep. I hired someone recently cheaper for my transcriptions because my normal transcriber was busy. And the quality was a lot less. And in one case, he just disappeared. So he came back and blamed Fiverr in the end. But I, I was very, I was very skeptical that it was Fiverr's fault because, yeah, I mean, it just was yeah. a coincidence that he disappeared and that he's cheaper and whatever. But anyway, it didn't matter in the end. I managed to get my original transcriber to solve his problem and she did it in an hour and it was taking him a week so you yes. know the, the difference was insane she was an insanely fast accurate english um fluent transcriber and he was uh, from indonesia his english was okay but i found a lot of errors just flicking through his transcription and i had to fix a lot it took me about an hour to fix most of it and then you've got to ask yourself is there much point being crazy cheap so obviously yeah there's a balance there try and be a little bit more generous than you think is the cheapest price, but obviously you don't want to go too crazy because then 
yeah, maybe you blow your budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, truth is, value always beats price. Yeah. I mean, it's way more important what do you get for your money. And yeah. that is something which a good freelancer knows. I mean, I at least I have not met a freelancer who knows what they're worth and they're willing to... Uh, they will never say, okay, you know what? I will cut my price into just now, just for you, only for you. I will do it. I, I, there are a lot of freelancers who are doing it, but that's, I don't know. I think they simply are new to, to, to this whole freelance idea or they are really desperate or they don't have really anything special to bring to the table. Uh, a freelancer who knows what their value proposition is, uh, a freelancer who knows what they're worth, they will never come to you offering you a discount simply because you're paying for, for, for the value that they bring. You are not just uh, purchasing bread in the store so you will get discount when you buy two yeah, and not yeah, one. Yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't work like that. So you, on these on these platforms, you, once you've posted, you get people applying, and do they also give their their rates when they're applying? I think that's what happens, right? Am I? <laughs> I think I've read something like that. How does it, how does the other side work? So you put your you put your job post up, and then you start getting uh, responses. Um, yes, but sorry, I forgot something very important. I don't know why. How can I forget it? Ask <laughs> questions. Ask. Be specific in your job post. I mean, yeah, sure. Describe what you need and what you will want, but also ask specific questions which relate to to your uh, post, to the needs that you need. Uh, you're looking for a freelancer to fulfill. For instance, in, in if we continue the same example with the person who will be transcribing your posts and um, inserting images and and publishing on WordPress, uh, example of such specific uh, questions would be uh, what is their experience with transcribing, wh how much it takes for them to transcribe a um, one-hour audio file, or um, I don't know if they have... Uh, not difficulty, but if it matters for them whether they transcribe Australian English or U.S. English or British English, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily relevant to, to your files per se, but the way that the freelancer answers your question will tell you a lot about about um, the freelancer. Um, if somebody take if somebody replies, yeah, sure, whatever the file, whatever the English, give it to me, I will bring it back with in a day, uh, something isn't quite right. But if somebody, uh, if the freelancer replies, well, okay, I am, um, if you speak fast Australian English, I may have difficulties, so it may be more expensive, but generally speaking, I'm pretty good with American English, for instance, then, yeah. I mean, um, it, it, it will tell a lot about the experience the freelancer has um, based on, on on the way they answer your questions, whatever the questions. So, yeah, they're basically taking the time to answer honestly and care that they're responding with you rather than just, don't worry, everything's cool, I can do it. Exactly. Yes, yeah. that's yeah. my point. Yeah. Um, so ask specific questions about the the tasks that you need and in relation to that to the specific freelancer yeah and i also saw on this post that i was reading about it that some people suggest putting a stupid word in 
the subject reply so that you know that the people who have read the post through have actually read the post rather than are just responding because they've seen the the title is have you had experience i think you wrote a post about that too right yes yes i um i strongly recommended it before uh and i say before not that it's not relevant anymore only once it is but with this recent um all this interface change that i mentioned earlier uh that word is a bit redundant uh because right now you have i suppose all this uh, have been listening to their uh clients feedback to the feedback from their clients because now Odisk has um introduced the ability to ask specific questions um not in the description of your job post but separately i mean you not you a freelancer cannot apply to your job unless they address these questions there is a single field for each question so now when a freelancer applies to your job all you see at first is uh the answers to your questions if you want as a client you can click through and see more and only then you can see their whole cover letter and if they um use the code word or didn't uh-huh. so okay. at this point the code word is not that relevant at least on our desk um i have not used elance in a long time but i think that they did not change that and it's still relevant there because uh there when when you receive applications from from freelancers all you see is a long list of candidates with the first let's say three lines of their profiles and the beginning of their um cover letters so if you have um a code word listed in in the job post and they did not put it on top of their application you will see that so you will easily filter out everyone who did not start their application with the code word Okay so just I'll just clarify that for people who don't know what we're talking yeah, about sure. basically you'll get when you put a job post up there you will get I don't know how many replies tens or maybe 100 who knows you'll get quite a few replies mm-hmm. and a lot of them will be just stupid automatic replies people who aren't serious about your job or whatever you assume I don't know it could be more than half and the way a common way that people have found to filter that is to put a word at, i think probably at the end of your job description say yes. please please use this code word and then it shows that they've read through okay maybe they've found the code word at the bottom maybe they're getting smarter but at least it's not an autom- automatic reply right if it's an automatic reply they won't have seen the code word so you're filtering out in a way some junk by giving a code word and then the people often put that code word you say please put this at the front of your reply so you could yep. just say tiger or elephant or whatever and then you see the ones that have that and you know that the rest haven't read your description so they're not serious about the job so um yeah the examples that i read about it yeah the guy had like 20 replies and only five used the code word and then out of those he chose two people or something mm-hmm. so yep yeah exactly. and then this question thing is doing the same thing if they haven't gone to the trouble of reading your question and addressing it properly then they're obviously not serious or not relevant to to your job so that's a good way of uh, of filtering them out yep okay so another thing that i was thinking about and i read in this uh, post that i was talking about recently from the guy who had this uh, recent experience which kind of got me thinking because i was wanting to do this anyway um was this ideal of a of a trial assignment and i guess this is especially if you're wanting to keep someone on for a longer time which is what i'm thinking about and 
I guess, yeah, you can maybe take a couple of people and see who comes up with the best um, response to the trial uh, and then take that person as sort of the semi-permanent person you choose. Have you had experience with that kind of work as well? Yes, uh, I strongly believe in the positive effect of trials. Uh, Just today I was addressing a a comment on my blog where a a reader of mine said that uh, she she finds uh, the trial, if you introduce a trial so early in the relationship, you basically say to the freelancer that you don't trust them or if the freelancer requests the trial, the freelancer tells the client, I don't trust you, which was um, odd to me. I mean, I have never seen it from this perspective, but I disagree with that. I strong, strongly believe that the trial is, is a good thing, um, especially um, for, for some type of tasks. Let's take the... Uh, Let's continue the same example with transcribers who will need also to search for images and um, publish the WordPress blogs. Um, If you hire two or three people for this job, especially if you're looking for a long-term relationship, if you hire several people to do this job, um, you can easily see with whom you will work best. Because, yeah, sure, I'm a perfect... uh, transcriber and I do great with research of images and I am very uh, well versed with Photoshop and I will do everything that you ask me and I will do do it perfectly but I am a uh, night owl and you're a morning person and we will never we are never um, online in the same time and it can take three days to finish a blog post only because you sleep while I play and vice versa. So obviously I will not be a good choice for you. It's not that I don't do my job well. It's not that uh, you don't trust me or I don't trust you. It's not that I don't like you or you don't like me. Not at all. It's just a um, schedule mismatch, if I may call it that. Mm -hmm. And unless you try out someone, you, you cannot know that. And you see, I guess, also the communication, and this is something that this uh, guy was talking about in his post too, was if you have a couple of questions and and you see those people responding to those questions, even during that trial task or whatever it is, you can see already, do do they read your emails properly? Are they answering your questions? Are they caring about what's going on in the relationship? Because it has to potentially continue for a long time so if they're really difficult to to work with and correct and and bring on track or they're not open to criticism for example um yeah it may never work right it's just like an exactly. empl- it's just like an employee at work if you hire somebody and with an employee it's really risky because it's harder to fire them and uh, or at least in some countries not here we have a three-month trial in switzerland but um yeah, if you hire somebody and can't get rid of them, then it's it's uh, <laughs> it's, it can be horrible. They come in late, they drink a lot of coffee, they smoke a lot, they don't really do anything. Yeah. Anyway, right. no, so that, yeah. so basically, you give people maybe even the same task to do um, a WordPress post or whatever, even the same post, and see how they come up with a result and whether they follow instructions basically i mean exactly that's... yeah i think that that is that is the most valuable thing about a trial to see how well you work with the other party um for instance okay let's talk from both sides because 
yeah, you like as a client, you can um, hire several people for for a trial. But you, as a freelancer, can also request a client to uh, work on trial basis. I mean, all you say is, yeah, I like you, I want to work with you, but I'm not sure if we will work well together. Let's try it. For instance, you can. Um, you don't go and design um, the whole line of uh, business uh, marketing collateral for someone, be that website, brochures, and all the press um, press related stuff and online banners, etc., etc. You do not get into contracts in such large scale directly. You better um, start a trial and see how it goes to design a single banner or a single brochure yeah. or just the website, although the website is already large enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it can turn into a disaster really quickly if you have not negotiated the, the working conditions with the client. So, yeah, I, I, I believe that the, the trial will um, help you determine if your communication skills are a good match with the other party communication skills, that's the most valuable thing of a trial. It's not a matter of trust. It's not a matter of liking. It's just a matter of workflow and how you and the freelancer or the client work. Yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh... Obviously, it's it's very difficult remotely, and you have to use some of these kinds of things: these filtering, the descriptions, the the trial, and in the trial too. Just to clarify that, in case people are wanting to do this and go through this process, if they've gotten this far already, um, it's a paid thing, right? I mean, you pay each person, even if they're doing the same thing for you, a certain amount of money to do a small task in order to give yourself a safety net, right? Yes, I would recommend it's a paid trial. I have seen clients who do non-paid trials, but uh, that's pretty much the, a similar thing like with the budget earlier that we discussed earlier. If you offer, uh, if you request a trial and you do not pay for it, there will be several freelancers who would agree to do that, but most probably they will not be the best choice. Those will be uh, freelancers who do not value their time. They don't know what they're worth. So maybe their quality of work will not be high either. Yeah, yeah, it makes so, sense. It's more or less like, okay, I'm desperate. I'll take whatever I can get. And if, exactly. it, if it means working for free, then I'll work for free. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so, you're, yeah. you're giving the wrong signals by asking for that and by accepting that. So from both from both sides, depending on who's listening to this and what they're planning on doing, um, yeah, accepting free trials may be an option, but it's not a good precedent to set for your future and not good for your client saying you know they're obviously cheapskates or whatever and i've had i've had similar cases in in building websites for people too you know you get clients who just you end up just emailing back and forth and back and forth and they never respond or they miss appointments or they don't give you the information you require and i still have in the past have ended up doing the work for them and really regretted it because you can see very easily, very quickly. Now I can see it now that I look back that it was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, it's the same thing with freelancing, I guess you have to be, to be really careful. And um, just another couple of quick things while we're on the topic, we should finish up before we get too long and people get sick of hearing us and want to go for a jog or something. But uh 
So, okay, we've we've applied for some jobs. We've put the descriptions out there. We've hopefully filtered the people. We've done a trial. We've chosen somebody. Now, for me personally, and maybe for other people listening, there are small tasks, and you can get those on Fiverr or also on Elancer Odesk. But let's say we're looking for someone, even if it's only five or ten hours a week, but we're looking for it to be a long-term relationship and that's also something that I need I need, I've got certain tasks I do not really want to be doing anymore they're taking too much of my time I want to find someone good to do them what's some of your recommendations for keeping those people keeping them happy keeping the relationship going and and so forth to keep everything running smoothly uh-huh. well the first thing um, and of course this shouldn't be done too early you must be sure that this is the person with whom you want to have the relationship in long term but once you do that once you're sure uh, then you should tell them uh, that you want to keep them on the team for good well not for good but for long term as long as you can uh, because you might think yeah sure I like them I want them to keep them but uh, the freelancer may or may not know that because unless you tell them, you cannot be sure that they know. Um, there are there are a lot of I have seen it many times. Uh, freelancers move on to uh, they decline a project and um, move on to other work simply because they got a better proposition or a project which um, required had better workload, larger workload, meaning more money. So, uh, or for instance, you have um, certain tasks which are on ongoing basis. There's no constant flow of work from you. Uh, so the freelancer may take other work, and when you need their services, they will not be available yeah. uh, for the time being. Yeah. But if you have told them, okay, uh, it's an ongoing uh, project. I will let's be on as needed basis. I may have work now for you but then next month uh, but I want to give it to you ask them what should I do to make sure you will be available to to do that work for me yeah. uh, so then the freelancer will always have in the back of their head that okay I I am going to take another project which is large scale let's email Ashley and ask, them, uh, ask him if he has work for me coming up, if I should block some um, time on my calendar for him or not. Okay, yeah. So a little clarification and putting just putting your cards on the table is the first step to, to ensure a fruitful long-term relationship. Unless you tell them that you want them for the long run, they will not know it and they may or may not be available when you need them. Yeah. Um, another thing you can do is, um, actually those are two things. One is to uh, regularly reevaluate their work and pay rate. Um, when I say regularly, it of course depends on the type of project and the workload. It, it will be one thing if if that person works for you five hours per week. It will be different if, if uh, he or she works for you 20 hours per week. Uh, but at least once per year, I think it's it's good to reevaluate what this person is doing for you, whether the scope of activities is uh, is growing or not, if the quality of the work is changing for the good, for the better or for the worse. Just evaluating what you've been doing, where are you going, are they happy? Just asking, are you happy? Do you need something? Yeah. This is it seems straight straightforward, but you cannot imagine how. 
um, few clients do that in reality. Yeah, I heard something similar again from this Australian guy, James Shramko, who I listened to, and he talks about this. And he said for him, the way he keeps his employees really happy, he has like 20 in the Philippines running his his company, basically. He said is firstly, the whole training thing is keeping them constantly motivated yeah, and asking what they need, asking if they want to change jobs. I mean, obviously, he has the scope for that. But, um, yeah, if you just treat someone like an entity and not as a person, I mean, everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to learn something new. Everybody wants, or not necessarily all the time, but, you know, occasionally wants to do something different. And I think if you never ask and you never go to that person as another person and say, hey, how's it going? Are you happy? Is everything okay? How's how's things at home? How's the work going? Do you need more work? Have you got too much work? Is the work boring you? I think everybody likes to be asked that, even in a normal job, and I rarely got asked that by my previous bosses. <laughs> and it's horrible. It's one of the reasons I don't like working for companies anymore because they just didn't care. And I think, yeah, exactly. we you have to remember that as a freelancer, they are working for you. They, they're kind of your employee and you should treat them as a person. And he also said one thing he tries to do really is actually to call them up on Skype and and see them. He said a lot of people never meet their employees and that really makes a huge difference. And uh, he often sends them something at Christmas or whatever just to personalize things a bit more and create a relationship, not just a an entity who's doing a task and gets a piece of money or whatever you want to call it, but uh, becomes an actual person and a trusted employee. And yeah. And you were also saying, and I think it was in one of your posts I was reading recently, something also about yeah the, the re-evaluation of the, the rates, but also potentially bonuses if you're really happy with the person. Yes. And it pretty much depends on uh, the type of work because in this example with the transcriptions and uh, blog post publishing, uh, it doesn't really uh, relate to the revenue that you that you have as a blogger or a programmer or whatever you do as a client. It, publishing the blog post doesn't have direct impact, uh, so it will be hard to uh, tie the perf- the freelancer's performance with your success. Um, in that case, yes, a Christmas bonus, for instance, would be nice. Yeah. Uh, but what's more important and o- often overlooked by clients is that, let's say if you're in marketing and you um, design um, some kind of a campaign for whether it's holidays or not, it doesn't matter. There's a campaign. Um, The goal of this campaign is to increase sales. So after the campaign is over and after you should really carefully analyze what were the costs associated with this campaign, how much uh, and which freelancers did what uh, part of this campaign, which freelancer uh, um, had the most impacts, if I may say so. I mean, tie the freelancers work directly to your revenue and give them a bonus uh, accordingly. I mean, yeah, sure, it's the freelancer's job to create the campaign, but he can do it well but he can do it superbly well. Yes, so yeah. if he did it superbly well, well, show them your appreciation with, with a financial bonus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, it's, yeah. it's the only way you can really reward them. I mean, <laughs> you can't take them to dinner, so. <laughs> yeah, well, if, if you're local, you can, of course, yeah, or you yeah. can send them something, but it's whatever the case, it's totally up to the client uh, how they will show their appreciation. 
uh, financial bonuses I have not seen a freelancer to, to reject to decline <laughs> a freelance uh, financial bonus so, sure sure yeah if you don't have a better idea because I don't know I have not thought about this I, I cannot give you an example of when something else will be better than a financial bonus probably there is some kind of a nice surprise let's say send me two tickets to go to Hawaii yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you know the person week, really yeah. well then yes. maybe it can it can help but uh... you can be creative with that but you cannot go wrong with a financial bonus yeah. so what i'm saying is that clients should really um show their appreciation and financial bonus is a way to do that yeah okay cool all right, so I think we've we're coming up to a long long time podcast here, so I'm going to wrap it up and uh, I think we've pretty much covered the whole thing from how to apply, think about what you need, write things down in detail, divide it up into good headline description tasks, filtering, paying bonuses. I think that should be enough to get everyone started and of course uh, people can always come knocking on your door, I guess somehow through your blog. What's the uh, Best way to get hold of you on your blog or social media? Um, well, my website, uh, there are social media. There is a contact form on the main navigation. You will see contact me. Or um, There are also direct links to my social media properties uh, on the top side of, of my site. That's the best way to get in contact with me, basically, because I am always online. Well, yeah, almost always online. <laughs> and the easiest way to get in touch is through the contact form of, of my site because that way they never go into the spam folder. So yeah. I will see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's dianamaranova.com, right? Ah, right. Yes. Yeah. I okay, know that's all right. I'll put, oh, you know the name, not but anyway, I'll, rather <laughs> than spell that, I'll, people can go to the show notes, which is madlemmings.com slash episode 17 i believe we're on so and that's the number 17 so slash episode 17 or into the blog and just look under podcast you'll also find it and i'll put all the links to all your stuff there Sorry? You can, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say that they can just leave a comment on the blog post which you will post i mean the podcast i will i will um, keep an eye on that and I, I can always reply to questions there or make a follow-up podcast. Yes, sure. <laughs> Diana is one of my favorite commenters. She asks very interesting <laughs> and difficult questions which are always worthy of discussion and actually most people just don't write much or yeah so whenever i have a chat with you on my comments it's always great fun and most people don't go to that level of detail and it's it's actually really appreciated i'm not sure if you know that but uh yeah you write some of the best comments i've, I've had on my blog so Thank you. be sure to go on the comment section and, and chat with diana after the podcast and uh, yeah enjoy the rest of the time in spain and you're going to quickly pop home soon and then also come back and you're going to be all over the place so that's yes. the joys of freelancing and you're also trying to start a few uh, startups as well and uh, people can have a look at that on your website as well you talk about uh, your indiegogo campaign and your uh, startups you're also looking at uh, another one now or doing other things which we won't talk about but <laughs> you're yeah. a very you're a very busy lady <laughs> yes but it's good busy <laughs> yes exactly well i appreciate your time and uh, i wish you a great day and we won't hang up after we've finished here but we'll say goodbye to everyone else and uh, yeah wish you a pleasant afternoon thank you very much for having me ashley mm -hmm. this was a lot of fun no thank worries you. it's a pleasure to talk to you thanks diana thank you bye bye everyone what a great chat with Diana there. She certainly gave all the information that we needed to get started with our quest for finding 
online help with freelancers and Odesk and Elance and so forth. And I certainly hope you get a lot of information out of there that you can use and apply to your business in trying to find some help for your blog or your small business. It doesn't have to be expensive and you can hire people specifically for certain tasks. So keep that in mind. It's very doable. It's very easy to hire someone to take away those tasks which you don't want to be doing anymore. And you can even take tasks in your business, things which you think can't do without you. You can actually take some of those and break them down into uh, processes and give them to other people to do so that you're actually connecting with clients and spending your time building your business rather than just doing the daily grind and the things that you don't enjoy. So take a good look at your business, look at some of the things that you think you can package up and give to someone else to do, something that you could write down step by step and put into a task list and explain to somebody who has enough knowledge and skills to do that. And then also package that on Odesk in a way that shows them that they need these skills, whether it be photo manipulation, blog writing, WordPress skills, and so forth, so that they know they can do that task and help you out with your business. And then go back and listen to this podcast again and take some notes on how to write those descriptions and get them out there. I'm going to be doing that myself this week and try and get some help from my podcast transcriptions, blog posting, image creation, and so forth to free up time to make my business better than it is today. So get out there and let us know how you go and the kinds of help that you're getting and the kinds of things that you're going to be doing with your business. We'd love to see your comments below or on iTunes or Stitcher. Love to hear a review, review from you or some other information about how you're doing and applying some of this information in your business. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.